In this episode of Investors and Operators, I sit down with Leon Bruges, who is a partner and head of origination for Palladium Equity Partners. Leon, it is awesome to have you here. Can you give a, a high level on your background and, and Palladium? Jordan, first and foremost, thank you for hiring me. I'm very excited to be uh, talking to you. Uh, in terms of, of background about myself, I am originally uh, from Argentina. I, I was actually born in Mexico and my parents are from Peru. We moved to the US in 2000 and, um, and I went, we moved to DC and I went to school at, at, at GW. And uh, from there, I, uh, I, I got a job at Lehman Brothers doing M&A and uh, right before the financial crisis, I was uh, lucky enough to move to Palladium Equity, where I've been there ever since. Nice. Uh, what's the high level on Palladium? I mean, I know a lot of people obviously know the name, but sure, can you, sure. can you refresh our, our, our minds? Yeah, no, no, no. Palladium, it's a 24-year-old private equity fund. Uh, we're currently managing $3 billion uh, of assets. The firm... Um, has raised five successively larger funds and our fund five has commitments uh, in excess of one and a half billion dollars. Our story is a story of transformation. We like to partner with founders and families and uh, help them be the catalyst for growth. And, and typically what we like to do is to find a path to more than double the size of the business during our ownership. And we do that through a variety of tools and, and, and skills that we've developed over the many decades we've been in business. And I'm very proud to say that the average company of Palladium has more than doubled its size during our ownership. That's awesome. Um, and what's the, the, the general size and shape of the businesses when, that you're looking at investing in? Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually, uh, we look at profits, specifically at EBITDA, and, and typically we, we say that we like to make uh, investments in companies between 10 and 50 of EBITDA, and we like to make uh, equity investments of 50 to 150 of, okay. of, of equity. Okay, so I, I would love to know some of the key choices and parts of your life that you think have led you down this path to now being a partner at Palladium? Like you've clearly made a ton of good choices here. Um, so I'd love to, love to, yeah, rewind a little bit and just learn a little bit more about your story and some of the choices. Sure, sure. So as I said, originally from Mexico, I, ra I was raised in Argentina my, and my parents are from Peru. Uh, we moved to the US in 2000 and I had no idea about the college admission process. I had no idea about SATs, AP credits, essays, none of that stuff. And this was in the summer of 2000, so I had to find something to do. And, and, and when you talk about choices, one of the things that, that has stayed with me uh, throughout my career is finding creative solutions. And, and, I, and I attribute that to the fact that I have a non-traditional background. And so when, when I came, came to, to the US, uh, my, my dad was uh, working in the DC area and that's where my whole family moved 
And so I looked at the schools in the area and GW had a program that I was interested in. So as it turns out, you can take classes in college as a non-degree student without having to take SATs or, or anything else. And uh, so I took the, 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 the classes that I, that I would have taken if I would have been a, a first year student in the engineering school. And then I did well and I applied as an internal transfer six months later and just got into school. No SAT. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I should have done that because my SAT scores and GMAT and everything else are horrendous. Um, that was a much more creative solution. What? Um, wow. Okay. Uh, let's keep on going. What else? So, uh, so I, I, I spent all, all you know, four years focused on engineering, and uh, my first job was at, uh, at Fannie Mae. Uh, the, the mortgage giant, and because of my background in engineering, I was I started in the in the technology division. Very early on, I realized that that was not gonna be a, that was not something I was passionate about, and I networked my way into Fannie Mae's trading floor, and that was exhilarating and. That's when I decided that I, I, I needed to, uh, to, to come to Wall Street. And um, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the issue that I was having uh, uh, trying to get a job at Fannie Mae was that they were not uh, uh, sponsoring for, for a visa. And so I'm an international student, and, and I was at the time an international student, and um, uh, uh, they, they just couldn't. They, they just couldn't sponsor me. So I was in, in in my senior year. I had this the internship with 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 Funny May was coming to an end. I couldn't get a job there. I had done well in school. I had good extracurricular activities, but I had the wrong attitude. I I thought that because you know having a high GPA and all of this is extracurriculars, jobs were gonna come to me and that was not the case. Uh, and that was particularly exacerbated by the fact that it, it's just as an international student, getting a job is, is just difficult because many companies just don't sponsor um, uh, international yeah. students. So, uh, and, and, and I had a, a, an even worse situation because my dad, because of he, 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 um, he just retired from the World Bank. Uh, I couldn't be under his visa and I was under a student visa. And when you graduate from, from your senior year, you have 90 days, at least at the time, I don't know if laws have changed, but at the, you have 90 days to get a job or you have to leave the country. But I, I had nowhere to go. So uh, uh, I went and, and in, in, in an effort to get a job, I, I went to my professors and said, can you, through your network, help me get a job? And I interviewed and got an offer from a um, small electrical forecasting business, not what I wanted to do, uh, to, uh, to and, and they would enable me, that, that job would enable me to stay 
in the US, which was you know, my ultimate objective. In a twist of fate, and, 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 and this you can file this in everything happens for a reason category, I received a call saying that they were rescinding the offer in part due to complications of, of, of getting the visa. So at that moment, it was a bit of a bit of a, of a, of, of a, of a, of a rock bottom. And I was fortunate that I was offered a scholarship at GW to do a one year masters, okay? And I remember at that time having a conversation with my father where he told me about the conquistador Hernan Cortes. When he came to the shores of America, he burned the ships to let his people know that the only way was forward. And I felt that that was a, a, a burning the ships moment for me. And, and, and it was do or die, so to speak. So I spent more than half of my time that next year focused on landing a job and I didn't want any job. I, I, I wanted a job in, in Wall Street. I, I wanted to come to New York and I wanted to have that experience. So I, I had a spreadsheet where every contact that I had, I, 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 I became a, an expert network networker, which uh, it, it, it came in handy later in life. And, and I went to every possible career fair in the DC area that I could in order to network and find opportunities. And I, I always get a kick of saying this, but I went to the women's career fair in, in the <laughs> DC area. Um, but ultimately it was at Howard University uh, uh, that, I, that I found the most opportunities. And I was fortunate to be interviewed, to interview with I think if my memory serves me right, it was about nine banks and I got two offers, one with uh, HSBC to be a trader and a second one to, with Lehman Brothers to be an investment banker. Uh, and and, and that, that was an incredible moment in my life. It was a moment where, uh, you know, I, uh, I stared at the abyss. And I think when you stare at the abyss, you get to see what you're made of. And, and I felt like that moment uh, helped me see what I, what I was capable of and, and where failure was not an option. And I was able to get the job, move to New York and pursue the career that I wanted. So what, what do you think that you're made of? How would you define but your characteristics like you know in the in the summary of your life it's like leon brugis was made of this what is that uh, mean? so the uh you know it's a great question in terms of what i'm made of i, I think the 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 you know whenever uh, you, you, you talk about someone being um good at something, um, let, let, me tell, let, me, let me answer to you through a story. So I used to go to the same hairdresser in, uh, in, the, in, in DC and you, know, you always talk to your hairdresser. And she told me, look, I, want, I don't know what my kids are gonna do, but I told them, 
whatever they're going to do, they need to do it well. If they're going to be a gardener, I want them to be the best gardener they can be. If they want to, if they want to do be a hairdresser, they, they, they want I want them to be the best uh, hairdresser. And so that pursuit of excellence um, is is and that that story really inspired inspired me to always try to do to improve and do the best I can. And you realize after a while that you're gonna do the best you can uh, when you're passionate about something. Okay. Passion is just the beginning. You've heard the, the, the phrase, you know, it's, it's 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. And so I think uh, what, I, what I'm made of is, is recognizing passion, but having the discipline to follow through. So if you, if you think about the journey of, of anyone accomplishing anything great, you know, you start with uninformed, optimism right um, and then as you as you learn more about whatever you're trying to do you get informed pessimism and then you get to what's called the valley of despair and that's where I think most people get stuck and I've been fortunate the valley of despair the valley of despair. <laughs> oh, I'm familiar with that for the past four years of entrepreneurship. There um. you go. Well, but, but, but you're being an entrepreneurship, you know that it that it's at those moments. That's at those moments if you're able to push through, to push through and 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 get through that is when you get to inform optimism when you, when and, and you get realization. So the the answer to your question is what I'm made of. Passion, a, a balance of passion and discipline. I love that. I love that. And it's interesting. I'll, I'll also love that, that uninformed optimism. Right. And, and how almost like the, the, the benefit of not knowing what you don't know. Cause if you knew it like four years later, like, man, I would not have done that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, from your own experience, if you knew everything you you know now about entrepreneurship, you may have not done it, right? It, it was that it was that spark of passion that perhaps drove you to start that. And then you're like, whoa, this is harder than I thought, <laughs> right? Are, so I think that's interesting to hear like this, you know, the success stories, the ones of persistence. You know, I wanna maybe kind of change gears a little bit and talk about, you know, times that have been difficult and maybe when you failed at something, you know, at different stages of your life or your career and maybe what you learned from that, how you got through it, maybe how that set you up for a later success. So yeah, let's talk about, the, let's talk about the hard times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we all have times in, in, in our career that we work with people that we don't click with. I always say that you don't quit a job, you quit a boss. And uh, early during my time at Palladium, I was reporting to someone that it was just, it was just, it wasn't going well. It, it was actually <laughs> really bad. And I just could not do right by, by this person. And the way they let me know uh, that I wasn't up to par was, was particularly rough. And it was so bad that it was physically affecting me. I, I had insomnia, I, I was feeling down. 
And the low point for me came in December of 2008 during my year-end review. Uh, I've always been an A student and I've always been used to getting A's and I did not get an A uh, at this review. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I got some comments about my future at the firm that you know, made me wonder about myself, about, about my career. Um, and I'm not sure how much of this bad review was about my style versus the actual quality of my work. Um, but, you know, this was another moment where I was staring at the abyss, you know, questioning myself and, and questioning my career choices. Um, so the, uh, that, that I remember, I remember that, that, it, that was at the end of the year and I, we went on a holiday with my, with my family and I went on a, on a long walk uh, with my dad and, uh, you know, when things get tough in my life, I like connecting with people that I love and, and that gives me strength. It, it's, it, it helps me kind of regroup. And, and there is a quote that is often misattributed to Albert Einstein that says that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So the person that I was working with wasn't gonna change. I had to change. You know, some people, you squeeze them, they fold. Others, focus. And I had to focus, not only on work or on myself, I needed to build my confidence. So in, uh, in 2009, I made some changes. I, I looked to my peers to see who was having success and, and what were they doing. I was, uh, I was more aggressive in, in, in meetings. I started showing up to meetings that I wasn't invited to. I was very strategic about my relationships at work and outside of work. Um, and, uh, and I really raised the quality of everything I did. And uh, one day, uh, I remember, you know, th this person came to, to berate me. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you've seen The Matrix. You know that, that, that scene where the, the, the bullets are coming to, to Neo, but, it, but he's like, sort of, he, yeah, he's dodging it. <laughs> I, I felt like that, like, like, the, like the, the comments just were kind of going right through me. And, uh, and, and that, I, it felt so good that I felt like, wow, I've turned the corner to this very difficult moment um, of my life. Uh, it, it, the story, you know, does have, I, I guess, a happy ending. Uh, at the end of 2009, um, um, uh, you know, I'm related to the work thing, but I, 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 got, um, I got engaged in, in, in early 2010. I married the, 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 the love of my life. I, I received a promotion and this person left the firm, um, so um, so it was so, a good year. <laughs> so 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 it was a good year. But 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 just to kind of take it all the way back, what did I learn? I think that you show up for for the moments to give us a chance to see what we're made of, and when someone squeezes you, you you don't fold, you focus. Do you think you've always been that way in terms of? 
when someone squeezes you, you don't fold, you focus. Are there times maybe, you know, maybe college or before when you realize like, oh, that's like, I can, I can take pressure. Or did you just develop that later on? No, I, I, I would say uh, that I, I haven't always been that way. Uh, and actually, as you asked me that question, uh, it, it reminded me that perhaps uh, another thing that 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 I uh, that I that I would think about an attribute that that has worked well for me in my life is recognizing areas where I am not good at, and and so I would say that uh, I used to uh, probably back in high school shy away from these moments because feeling that pressure was didn't feel good. And I recognized that I was missing opportunities by, by, by shying away, I taking the safer path. Mm. And, and so, um, so no, I, I don't think I, I, I was always was that way, but I did recognize that as an issue. And it was something that I worked on to overcome. What, what advice would you give to the 21 year old version of yourself? So this is actually something that I articulated recently, but, um, but I think it's, it's something that, that it, it, it really resonates with me. We, uh, if you look at what happens to you, any event, what happens to your life, there's so much that you can control. You know, we can't control that there's a pandemic. You know, you can't control uh, many of the things that happen at work, in your career, in your life, in your life, life, love life. But what you can control and what is your choice is how you react to it. And I think that uh, with, with some more years under my belt, uh, uh, being able to do introspecting and uh, thinking, being more in control of my emotions and, and knowing how to react uh, is something that I, I wish I could tell my younger self. Uh, and, and, and I think that I, uh, I think I, I would have uh, maybe had more hair now if I, if I wasn't as stressed <laughs> as I was back then. Well, um, well, well, speaking of kind of, you know, back then in the earlier versions of yourself, um, you know, who would you say that you admire the most? You know, maybe somebody in your family or in your work. Like, who do you admire the most? Sure. I, you know, I, I, I would usually say, say, say my father, but I, I would have to say uh, my, my grandfather has had a, 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 a profound influence uh, in my life. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a little bit about him. He was uh, born in Romania, and at eight years old, he left the country uh, because that was the beginning of, uh, of, of World War II uh, in, 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 uh, in all of Europe. And he went to live with some family in, in Colombia. Um, he, you know, obviously at that time there was an email or, 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 or I don't think there, there were phones, and so he used to write letters to his parents who stayed back to, you know, uh, take care of the family business. And the last letters he received from them were in, in written in toilet paper. 
and um, and uh, he many years later he went back and learned that that his parents uh, were were taken by uh, by by the Nazis and 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 killed in, in one of the in one of the death uh, marches. My grandfather uh, started selling um, uh, ties door to door, and he always had a, an extremely entrepreneurial spirit. And from Colombia, he went to Ecuador, where he um, had a number of hardware businesses. And then he met my grandmother, who is still alive, and the courtship was very was very uh, fast and they, they got married. And my, my grandfather went on to build a very large you know, conglomerate with manufacturing businesses and real estate businesses. And his claim to fame was a transportation business where he would buy old buses from, from the US and refurbish them to make, to make them public transportation buses in Peru. He later, invested in an airline, which was a huge disaster, but it wasn't until the dictatorship of the late 70s uh, where all his businesses were taken away. Uh, it's funny, I always wonder what would have happened if my grandfather would have come to, uh, to, to the US. And, instead, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, instead of Rockefeller Center, maybe it would have been Bruges Center, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but all his businesses were taken away except for the one building in 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 the in you know downtown Peru, uh, and that was a building that 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 he worked until you know the, the, the last day of his life, and it actually paid for my college, and uh, I wish my grandfather was around to see what I'm doing today because I feel a profound connection to him because even though. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur like you are or like he was. I see private equity a bit as a uh, institutional entrepreneurship. And uh, in addition to doing originations, I spend a lot of time on transportation and logistics. And I always feel like his experience influenced the interest in that sector. Well, you know, that kind of brings up the you know, next question I have, which is, you know, what's the story of Marcos Rodriguez, you know, the, the founder, like how, how would you describe Marcos to people? Yeah, so, so Marcos, I, w- I, w- I would say one word, a, 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 a trailblazer. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, very few, there, there were pretty much no or very few Hispanic funds existed and many didn't even think they had the opportunity to be given a, a, a fair hearing to manage any private equity uh, uh, dollars. And I would say that, that Marcos uh, uh, was one of the, 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 the pioneers uh, in the sector. He uh, is a Cuban immigrant who uh, left Cuba during the revolution. Uh, in a way, similar story to my grandfather and that his parents lost everything they had. Um, and, and he came to the US where he, um, his mother worked, worked at, uh, as a pharmacist in Columbia Presbyterian and his father was a waiter at the plaza, but it was very important to them 
that his uh, kids, uh, including Marcos, have an, an opportunity to achieve the American dream, so to speak, and uh, and, and 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 pursue a, a higher education. Uh, Marcos did engineering at Columbia and then started his uh, career at um, uh, I think it was GE, and and then moved to Joseph Littlejohn and Levy JLL, where he started his career in private equity. And in '97, he spun out to start Palladium. And, uh, you know, Palladium, I think, uh, has a long history of, of having diversity and inclusion at the forefront of everything we do. And I would say that Marcos has been one of the most ardent champions of diversity and inclusion in the private equity space uh, and the investment community as a whole. And, we often say that Palladium is one of the first, and we believe is one of the largest Hispanic-focused minority and women-owned funds in the U.S. Can you talk a little bit more about <clears throat> diversity? Because I think the media is given a lot of attention, and I think our industry is given a lot of attention to women in private equity. It is awesome that it is getting this must coverage. It is front of people's minds. I think also because of the past year, um, African-Americans have gotten, you know, it's now that discussion is right in the forefront of people's minds, corporations, investing. What I don't think we hear a lot about is Hispanics in private equity, Hispanics in investment making, finance. Um, so I'd love to learn a little bit more about you know, what are some facts and figures? What does diversity mean? How does the firm give back? How do sure, you give sure, back? Sure, Love to sure. hear more about that. Yeah, so so look, in my journey, I've had a, a lot of help uh, along the way. And, uh, and to me, that concept, Jordan, that you mentioned about giving back is essential. And it's, it's, part, of, it's part of who we are as a firm. It's part of who I am. And you know, I want to do my part uh, to pave the way for more women and minorities to get where they want to go. And, and something that I am very passionate about, and, and, and this is something that I, that, I, that, that I wasn't able to participate in through my experience at Palladium is my work with the New America Alliance or NAA for short. The NAA is an advocacy organization that focuses on the advancement of women and minorities, particularly Hispanics in corporate America. And, uh, and you know, talk about the, um, some of the facts and figures, 70%, women and minorities represent 70% of the population, but they only manage less than 2% of the total capital available. So, there is a huge uh, imbalance, and uh, one of the, the the phrases that I that I've adopted from from being involved with New America Alliance is that I strongly believe that access to capital is the last frontier of the civil rights movement, and in today's economy, capital catalyzes change and creates opportunity, and you know, I think, and, and my partners 
think as well that private equity can be a force for good. Through our investors at Palladium, we serve over 3 million beneficiaries. And these people are teachers, firefighters, civil servants, police officers across the US that have worked very hard during their entire lives and depend on their pensions for their retirement. And we take that as a, as a sacred trust. And, and, and so to, to us, that's what, you know, when I go to work, that, that's who I think I'm working for. I, I, you know, we don't see our investors as, a, as monolithic institutions. They, we see it as our parents, our grandparents that, that work very hard to save for their, for their retirement. And we, we, that to us is a sacred trust. And, 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 it's, and it's the reason we wake up in the morning. Then as it, when it comes to Palladium, I mentioned earlier that we're a women and minority owned fund. And 72% of Palladium is, is, is women or, or diverse. 62% of Palladium senior team is female or diverse. And then we recently established an initiative that all of our boards um, will have to have two minority folks and two women, okay? And we are on track to having 100% of our, our boards accomplish that, those statistics by the first quarter of, of next year. And then let me, let me finish with, with, with giving back. We, you know, we obviously believe in, in generating outstanding returns to our investors, but it goes beyond that, is our, our employees, our communities, and, 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 and we, you know, and, and so we, we, we think about it as sort of stakeholder capitalism and, and giving back to us is a moral obligation. And we have recently donated, my, my partners and I, a million dollars to uh, local charities and hospitals and schools in New York. Um, and, and we've also um, worked with our companies to do the same in the communities where, where they operate. So let's go deeper into that. Like what, how do you have a direct impact personally? Like what do you do to make your community better? So uh, what, 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 what I do uh, specifically is I'm, I'm, I'm in, in the board of the, uh, the New America Alliance. And uh, the New America Alliance focuses on, uh, on, on, on access to capital. And uh, part of the work is providing a forum for emerging minority or women-owned minority managers to, uh, to, to be able to you know, raise money and, and, and manage capital. The New America also has a... Um, a scholarship program where we work, we work with young high school students uh, to, to make sure they have a, a good a access to education. We also, uh, uh, through the work we do with the New America Alliance, we, we work on legislative uh, uh, projects uh, to make sure that, that um, through legislator, we um, drive more diversity and inclusion what, um, so it kind of sounds like one of the themes here is 
you know, they're like being an outsider and whether it's, you know, 60 or 70%, I forget the the figure, but only controlling 2% of the capital, or you always, or even back with your SAT and like having to find your way in and feeling like you never fit in that box. And, you know, what, what is that, what does that idea mean to you, you know, of being an outsider? Is that, do you think that's an accurate, uh, do you think that's an accurate observation? I, I would definitely think it's an accurate observation. Observation. I uh, just think about my background. There's just there's just not a lot of people who were born in Mexico, raised in Argentina, and are from Peru and live in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so so in 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 pretty much every circle that I'm that I'm in, I always feel a little bit like an outsider because, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I I'm just um, um, I'm not. I'm not from a from a from. I'm, I'm from so many places, um, and 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 I felt and I felt in, 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 as an outsider throughout. You know, when I was in Argentina, I was. You know, my parents had a different accent than everyone else, and I and I was from Mexico, and um, and then I moved to the U.S. and I. You know, I I still have a a, a thick Brooklyn accent. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, I would say earlier in my life, uh, I, I always uh, uh, sort of uh, yearn to, 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 to belong, you know, and, and, and I have that, that sense of, of belonging. And, 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 and so, I, so, so always trying to find areas to, to relate to people. Um, uh, and, but but it, but I always felt that it, that it was hard, and I think that that was accentuated uh, when I came to uh, Wall Street, which, as you know, uh, uh, Wall Street it, it's dominated by you know white males, and um, uh, and so that I, I I I really felt that 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 that's that was sometimes a an obstacle because it's easy for people. To relate to people that look like, think like themselves, and there, so many times you see those people getting opportunity because you just have that familiarity. Uh, and I, I won't lie to you; I think the, the, I think going to Palladium and working with a lot of people with a similar background to mine was a, a big appeal to me. Okay, because uh, I felt, uh, I felt that I belonged. Uh, at Palladium, and I think that that's one of the great um, attributes about uh, uh, my firm is that 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 it provides that environment uh, that that perhaps other other uh, perhaps other places uh, other places don't. I think since uh, I think that's also interesting because when in the companies that you invest in as well, you f- the in, the founders or the management teams that you're working with, you know, it feels that you belong there. There is a common thread of a background. Absolutely. I mean, so where I was going to go, Jordan, is that, that over time, I, 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 um, I, I tried to turn that sort of uncomfortable feeling of being an outsider into an asset. Okay. And, and I think there's, two advantages. One we talked about earlier, which is 
that ability to find creative solutions. Because I, I think that because of my background, it's non-traditional, I bring creative solutions to the table. And, and then the other thing that, that I, I have found is that being an outsider makes people underestimate you. Mm. And so that's, some, that's something that, that, that where you can take an, an advantage. I, I would say it, when it comes to investing, just to answer your question more, more directly, we've invested uh, over a billion dollars behind the U.S. Hispanic market. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when we're sitting in front of an entrepreneur that owns a business and that entrepreneur is Hispanic or, is, or relates to, to, uh, to, to the Hispanic community, that gives us an advantage when it comes to, to making an investment. And we can connect with that person and, you know, private equity is a game of inches. And whenever you can establish a connection, um, it, it gives you an advantage. That is awesome. I, I, I really like that concept of pre- winning deals, um, winning LPs, uh, building meaningful relationships and all the different stakeholders are in the, in the market. It's a game of inches and it's a game of, Five years, ten years, fifteen right, years, right. twenty it's a, years. It's a long-term game. It's a long-term well, game. You know, one of the questions I that kind of came up as as we we're going through this is, <clears throat> you know, it, it's interesting how uh, introspective you are and how much you've thought about your path and the the choices you've made, the mistakes you've made, the successes, the ups and the downs. Um, but what I wonder now is. Do you feel that you are the best version of yourself right now? Or what does the best version of you look like? Uh, so absolutely not. I do not think I'm, a, I, I, I'm the, the, the best version of myself. And um, I am... I, um, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I, uh, I shared with my team a, 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 a few principles of that I want that I want that I want me that I want to live by and I want my team to 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 live by and and I don't know if I remember all of them, but the first one is the concept of kaizen. Kaizen is a a a, a principle used by Toyota or, or, or pioneer by Toyota which is the, 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 the concept is of always being improving yourself. So uh, uh, just a little bit like, you know, uh, about our founding fathers in the US, the pursuit of happiness. You know, I, I think I, I'm always pursuing the best version of myself. And, and I think it would be very sad if I say, you know what, I made it. There's nothing else I can do. <laughs> there's no, there's no, no more room uh, for improvement. So. Um, so no, I, I, I think, uh, that, you know, well, what does the next version of you look like? So, you know, you're now a partner things that you've got, you've asked some next version, but like, what does the next version look like? Not necessarily from a career perspective, but from a whole holistic view of yourself, like, what do you want to be? Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so look, I, I think, I think you, you just mentioned the work coasting and hmm. coasting whenever I feel 
any any semblance of posting it's it's a very uncomfortable feeling for me and so so coasting is not something it gives me like a sensation of, of vertigo uh, so so it, 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 it happens at work I, you know whenever I, I think that that um, that we we don't have a lot to do I challenge my team to think of ways of of uh, um, of where, where can we do better add value mm-hmm. etc um, so in terms of uh, in terms of myself, uh, I I, um, I love what we're doing at, at, at Palladium. Uh, I, you know, one of our objectives is to is to change the private equity industry, and and and, and part of what we want to do is 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 uh, you know become become a a we want to grow. We we we're currently managing. Three billion. We we want to get to a hundred billion dollars in, in ten years, and that that's a very ambitious goal. I mean, we, we've done it before. Uh, Twenty years ago, we were a hundred a hundred million, and we grew thirtyfold to three billion today. And uh, so now we want to grow the same amount, but instead of in twenty years, ten years, and so that's going to bring a new set of challenges. And a new set of skill sets uh, uh, that 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 I think, you know, I think investing will always be part of of what I do as a as a as a professional in private equity. But you know, in terms of going through that transition of growing and transforming the firm, uh, I think will not not just uh, drive a new version of myself, but demand one. Seems like you live very intentionally or actively thinking about, you know, just always improving that kaizen mindset. Um, do, are there any like kind of quotes or phrases that have kind of guided guided how you how you live? Yeah, there's actually a bunch, uh, and um, in my office I have a, a, a I have a my, my whiteboard, and in the whiteboard. I have a number of uh, private equity lessons. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and How those, many are I, on there? I think there's like, there's, I think it's like 13. I, I forget exactly how many they are, but, uh, but I always- The Bruges Guide to Private Equity Principles? Yes, yes. The, 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 guide, <laughs> the guide to Private Equity. And, uh, and, and, and these are all phrases that at some point in my career, they have- they they have come into play, and I I only I only write it down whenever I feel I can tie it to a, an experience that I, that I that I've had. Um, there's one that actually has been a very important throughout my career, and you know at the end of the day, private equity is a business of relationships, and um, one of the things that has helped me understand how people think and why people do things is a, a quote which I think was a, 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 a that Gandhi said it which is action expresses priorities mm-hmm. and so whenever I, 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 I try to you know in, in private equity you're in, in negotiations all the time you're, you're dealing with a lot of uh, strong-willed people and whenever I 
I, I want to understand why is someone doing what they're doing or acting the way they're acting and look at, at, at their actions. And, and that's a, a good guide for me to understand because when you find that understanding and when you're able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, I think is when you are able to, uh, to find common ground and you know, get the deal through or that tough conversation or what have you uh, the best way possible. Man, that is awesome. Action expresses priorities. That I think is a fantastic way to conclude this. <laughs> that's, such awesome. a, that's such a powerful, simple concept that I think it's sometimes difficult, you know, when we're being thrown with so many different priorities, so many different actions, different people, different companies, et cetera, life, just like, show me the actions. Like, you wanna know what's important to you? Let me show you what I actually, the actions of what we have done. Yeah. That's awesome. I agree with that. <laughs> we have covered a lot of ground on this. Uh, and I cannot wait to get this out there. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much you. for taking the time to do this. Thank you.